All right, Em, today we're talking misogyny, racism, intolerance. Oh my. Your typical Tuesday. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Your typical Tuesday on this show. We're talking about <laughs> every other ordinary day in the U.S. of A. Okay, let's go. The day-to-day antics we always go through. So today we have yet another case, surprise, surprise, of women being persecuted. Woohoo! And <laughs> just when you think it couldn't get any worse, <laughs> it does. Okay? It does. We are talking about the Varda witch trials that infected an entire seaside community in Norway for almost an entire century. Ooh, I just got goosebumps saying that, and I've read it three times. Ooh, it's a long time to have this BS going on. Yes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm Christine Schieffer. And I'm M. Schultz. Every week, we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. Today, we're talking about the Varda witch trials. These are some trials I had actually not heard of, and I'm shocked because they are extremely dark and horrific. I hate that there's a variety of trials. I, yep. I always just assumed, and maybe maybe hoped that the Salem witch trials were just the only witch trials. Mm. But one day we'll have gone through them all, I think. I sure hope so. It feels like it's never ending at this point. (laughs) Well, you want to crack into it? I want to crack into it. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. We've talked about witch trials quite a bit, and for whatever reason, we have not heard about this, the Varda witch trials on And That's Why Drink or on this show yet. So is this something you really just have never heard of it, right? I haven't heard of the Varda witch trials, no. Me neither. Thankfully, through rituals, I am getting a very quick education on all the witch history there is out there with all You these- and I, at a party next year, we're going to be like, <laughs> step aside. <laughs> we know a little bit about a lot of random things. I'm going to be like, have you ever heard of weather witches? They're responsible <laughs> yeah. for corn or not. They love corn, we think. It, it's yeah, hard to yeah. remember. It was a long time ago. <laughs> They're responsible for everything all the way down to corn. Just everything. Okay. And what you were saying earlier, sorry, I just had a very um, a wise thought, if I do say so <laughs> myself. It's about time. 
But when you said earlier, you were talking about like, oh, it feels like a day-to-day life in America, which is kind of effed up considering we're talking about these quote-unquote old-timey, they feel outdated, they feel old, these witch trials, and yet it all feels a little too close to home. Do you know what I'm saying? I Yeah, I know what you're saying. It feels, um, it's a shame that history just can't stop repeating itself. It can't. It's so timely. It's horrible. Obviously, we're not going through the same type of torture that these people went through. But Oh, sure. The fact that one group's got to be persecuted for every arbitrary reason some another group can imagine, just just because. Just because. Need a scapegoat. The narcissism and the... It's just a toxic... It's all toxic. It's also toxic. And I'd like to have thought in a more naive version of myself that, you know, we've moved past this. We can look back and just be glad we're not there anymore. But I feel like um, it's a little hard to do that nowadays for a variety of reasons. So as we talk about this, something to keep in mind. I feel like that, hey, let's just try to avoid doing this kind of shit again. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Maybe one day we'll have a a period of time where this isn't happening somewhere in the world where people are uh, that just would be lovely having their their freedoms and their rights taken away. Women are respected. They're not blamed for everything. But a man doesn't understand. I, you, know, you know, I have my doubts, but like we can dream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the year like three thousand, we got to go ask the Jonas Brothers how that's how it's going over there. <laughs> I'm sure that like 2001 a space odyssey they had such high hopes and then we hit 2001 <laughs> and we were like wait really <laughs> no okay oh so tragic oh, we laugh because if not we cry well the varda witch trials were an offshoot of the european witchcraft trials which i know you've talked about a little bit and were considered among the most intense ones out there of course they were okay they happened between 1593 and 1692 in Finnmark, the northernmost county in Norway. So, I mean, it sounds a little bit like a Finland-Denmark combo. A marriage. In the, in the midst of Norway. Uh-huh. Uh, so, <laughs> Finnmark, which is the northernmost county in Norway, above the Arctic Circle. So, they got that sad, that seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> I don't know if that plays into any of this, but, you know, I get pretty bummed out during the dark times of the year. It's certainly in full swing, at least today, maybe also then. <laughs> Yeah. The trials were centered around a fishing village called Varda. And Finnmark itself was extremely isolated, which is partly why the witch trials there were so severe, which is kind of a dark thought. Like, you're isolated, you're rural, and, you know, like every horror movie, (laughs) you're out there with no, like, outside influence. And that is how these trials got so intense. I was going to say, they also, they could probably get away with more because Mm. there weren't people seeing what was going on. Oversight. Exactly. Yep. And that's exactly what it was. So the local courts were pretty far from the central authorities in Copenhagen, and the local courts had the power to issue death sentences. And so they were given this power, no oversight, like you said, and they were like, great, we got it. We can do this, and we can do it very efficiently. Yikes. Okay, cool. So the accusation rate was disproportionately high relative to the population. I don't think that's surprising to us at this point. When all was said and done, 91 people were killed and 80 of them were women. There were men involved as well, which I'll explain later. But hmm. compared, which you had just mentioned, how sometimes we consider the Salem witch trials the worst ones of all. If you compare this to the infamous Salem witch trials a few decades later, 25 people were executed and here 91. Whoa. Yeah. So that just gives you an idea, like more than triple the number of victims. Okay. Yeah. No, that definitely puts it into a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, go figure with uh, American education. But I just always heard, oh, the Salem Witch Trials, nothing could be worse. And Mm -hmm. uh, just like one quick Google lets you know that, oh, there's actually a lot that was 
equally or much worse. (laughs) Exactly. And it's alarming to think like this was, you know, at least we were taught growing up like, oh, this was an American incident. But it's so because, you know, we've covered the Ghana witch trial. We've covered Ghana witch camps. We've covered all these topics in different countries. And so it's not. It's much more universal than we thought. Exactly. Exactly. In another world, imagine if you to not be a witch is when you're being persecuted. Oh, 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 oh. You're just like, oh, I'm I'm the outcast here. I'm not. Yeah. Like you're not magical. (laughs) I'm not in the in crowd. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have my very own familiar. It's pretty sad. (laughs) (laughs) I would have like a pet rock and I'd be like, this is my familiar. And I would be like, that's not anything. We have cats and lizards and you have a rock. That doesn't count. Thanks. Causing like an an animal overpopulation over here and you and your rock can go home. (laughs) You and your rock aren't part of the in crowd. Yeah. So let's talk about what led to the Varda witch trials. As we know, whenever there's a problem, people like to blame someone else. People like to have a scapegoat. And that is what they looked for when there were no solutions, no explanations for things like droughts, storms, other disasters that like affected people's lives in a really tragic way, um, especially when we were talking about corn with the weather witches. Right. You know, if something went wrong with the crops, this wasn't just like an oopsie. It was like, a oh, my family can't eat this year, you know? Right. And so when there was no science to explain things like drought storms or other disasters that led to poverty and death, what did they do? Well, they turned to one of the underprivileged groups of that time, which were women, of course. Of course. In the 1400s, religious groups introduced a new doctrine that expanded existing beliefs on witchcraft. And this new idea was called demonology, which we actually Mm. discussed in the King James I episode. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, demonology involved making a pact with the devil, which would give you the power to shapeshift and perform evil deeds and rejecting God and renouncing your baptism. So this is what it entailed if you were kind of in on the demonology thing. I feel like... I desperately wish I was making a pact with the devil then. Like, uh, of all times in my life, if that's a demonology, sign me up. Honestly, and I think about it, too, where it's like, oh, well, they they accuse everyone of, of making pacts with the devil and, you know, doing stupid things like uh, causing a rainstorm. And I'm like, if, if I were making pacts with the devil, don't you think that making pacts with the devil, all these women would have had much more to do and much more of a powerful... It's like, oh, you caused a rainstorm all these women and the devil like don't you think they could have taken over the world honestly if people were able to make a pact with the devil and then all of a sudden could just do whatever they wanted don't you think they would turn on the people killing and torturing them that's what i'm right it's like oh wow you're so powerful you drowned a bunch of women but But like if they were really in league with the devil christine we're overlooking the fact that women are stupid they're women they have female brains they don't know what they're talking (laughs) about. they're feeble minded give them all the power in the world they wouldn't know what to do with it and imagine that time of the month oh boy oh forget us oh you know what I finally feel like I'm on the side of the men, I think. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I finally get it. I get what they're going for. Yeah. (laughs) So remember our familiars episode where animals, not pet rocks, unfortunately, just animals, would comfort you and get you to make a pact with the devil. They would like Mm -hmm. kind of sidle up and, and get you vulnerable, and then they would have you hooked, and they would get you to sign a pact with the devil. That is kind of what we're talking about here. So the devil would tempt a woman with promises. No more period cramps. I don't know what these great promises were. Well, and she's so stupid, she'd obviously say yes. She would just, um, my next line. The new doctrine explained that women were weak. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm telling you, if they don't have a man next to them to look you at the contract, they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. They're just going to sign their dumb little name on the line. And <laughs> then, then what? They'll just wish for more rain, I guess. Oh, yeah. I guess they'll just have some more corn stolen from the field. Yeah. So this is what this doctrine said. They're weak. They're feeble-minded. And they are already predisposed to do evil. So they're a very dangerous, vulnerable population because when the devil swoops in and tricks them, tricks our mm-hmm. feeble minds, they are going to mm-hmm. fall for it. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder what the data was there. Like, if it was just this doctrine and men are saying that they're, like, of the superior mind and are better at thinking through anything, yep. not a single one of them went, that doesn't track. <laughs> <laughs> nope. What? Nope. Just uh, just blindly following and, and yep. agreeing to everything. Some people even believed, this is disturbing, that Norwegian women were committing adultery with demons since they stayed home while the men were out fishing for long periods of time. So I love this. It's like, keep the women at home. But guess what? While they're at home, they're also doing terrible things that are ruining our (laughs) lives. I'm out here working hard and they're at home having sex with demons. What? (laughs) It's like That also goes to show you that a man just has no idea what a woman does every day. (laughs) That's that's the thing. It's like, what could they possibly be doing? I come home to a full dinner and a clean house and the kids are all in bed. But cooking and cleaning, that takes like, what, five minutes of your day? You must be doing something else. Another important element of the new doctrine was that witchcraft was no longer just an individual practice. This was a collective action. So Mm. witches could gather. This is very dangerous, you see, because when you put all these feeble minds together, especially when they're under the spell of the devil, they could gather, they could strengthen their numbers, and they could pass their witchcraft onto others. So this is a very dangerous kind of parasite sort of situation. A parasite, it's a pack mentality. Mm. No wife is safe. No No mother is is safe. safe. Your daughter will be just quickly thrown into this world. And we'll get to it, but no child is safe either. So sorry to spoiler alert, but there's that as well. There were a lot of books published about this new witchcraft doctrine, and the ideas made their way into religious scripts as well. I mean, least shocking information ever. (laughs) And it's still there today. (laughs) Yeah, weird. It's weird they haven't edited that out yet, you know. (laughs) The most well-known book was called Malleus Maleficarum, and it was published in 1486. We talked about this during the Weather Witches episode, and I like to think we've gotten better at saying it. It's a lot of syllables, but here we are. I am happy I didn't have to say it, but yeah, we're doing a great job. (laughs) Thank you. Politics and power, of course, played into this as well. The Danish-Norwegian monarch Christian IV was really, really into witch hunting. Okay, this was like his favorite pastime. All right, forget real hunting. He liked witch hunting. Great. uh, By the way, he probably couldn't put that on his dating profile because every woman would see that and go, oh, shit. Uh, uh Uh-oh. Well, you know, it's it's probably the first time I've ever wished someone were into hunting, like regular hunting, because I'm like, I'd prefer that over this uh, for once. He actually issued a decree abolishing witchcraft in 1617, which I love. It's like, oh, let's make it against the law. Okay, you know, you're already all opposed to it, but okay. you're already hunting them for yeah, sport. Exactly. So, pretty sure people already don't want to be caught doing this. Exactly. I guess making it illegal just gave them an excuse to be able to execute and torture people. I, I guess that's mm-hmm. what he was going for. So now high-ranking government officers were rolling this into their agendas. So every time a new district governor was installed, there was a bump in the number of witchcraft trials. It's sort of this, like, 
I mean, think about how you have politicians nowadays who have this tough on crime approach. Mm -hmm. This is sort of what was happening back then. It was like, well, look, I'm going to be installed and I'm going to crack down on this witchcraft problem. Big yikes all around. Basically, we have these conservative men in power and they hate women. So super fun time to be had for everyone. But (laughs) surprise, men were not spared these atrocities either. So you know what, men, sometimes you get wrangled into your own games. Okay, (laughs) I'll explain what happened coming up next. They say time heals all wounds, but sometimes time can do anything but. Welcome to Cold Cases, the new Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Carter Roy. Every Monday, join me as I revisit the clues and miscues of some of the most elusive criminal cases in history. From burglary and arson to kidnappings and murder, each episode of Cold Cases explores the many types of crime, the many ways they remain unsolved, and how long it takes to find the answers if ever. Will justice be served? Only time will tell. Follow Cold Cases free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cashback rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. We've established that the Varda witch trials were largely rooted in authoritarian misogyny, but why stop there? There was obviously going to be a healthy dose of racism as well, because why not sprinkle that in? (laughs) Just a light peppering. One-fifth of the population of Finnmark was made up of an ethnic group called Sami, and the indigenous Sami had their own rituals and healing methods. They used drums to go into a spiritual trance and seek answers about health, illnesses, and cures. Of course, the Norwegians misinterpreted this as sorcery, and Sami rituals were demonized in popular literature. Again, this seems to be a universal trend, country to country, culture to culture. Mm -hmm. Not surprised. Not surprised. That decree we mentioned earlier outlawed even white magic, otherwise known as good magic, often used for healing, as opposed to black magic, which is used to harm others. So Sami men in particular were thought to be very good at sorcery, and that's why there were a good number of Sami men who were tried. It makes it so much worse because it's like, it's not even about women being witches. It's about people who are underprivileged, who are in a vulnerable state, and they're the ones being targeted. It's just 
generally being uncultured and just like not respecting other people's practices. Yeah, or minorities of any sort. Mm -hmm. There was one small problem, which is that, hey, this is happening again. Witchcraft is impossible to prove, but don't even worry about it, Em, because they had their ways of proving it. <laughs> God. <laughs> Wherever you're taking me, I'm mad. Yeah, good, good choice. Good selection. The courts accepted what they considered circumstantial evidence. And would basically, as we've seen time and time again, just torture women into confessing. Classic. Yeah. This is disturbing, and I feel like we've probably both heard about this tactic before. So the circumstantial evidence was something called the water ordeal, which is the most understated name for this practice I've ever heard. <laughs> ordeal? Really? Yeah. It's, oh, like, it's, just a, it's just a small ordeal. You realize you're you're causing the ordeal. You're, yeah, right. It's your Yes. Thank you, Em. That's probably what's making me so irritated about that name. It's like, what a condescending way to say that, yeah. like, they're the problem. It's like, you built this. I guess I'm just going to throw you into this lake. What an ordeal for me, you know? So the accused was thrown into the ice-cold sea with their hands and feet bound. Very traumatic. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think Monty Python may have... <laughs> memorialized. I think so, too, because they it's like they think a witch will float, right? The float. Exactly. If they floated, they were guilty because water was considered sacred and able to repel evil. So the water was pushing them out to say, no, no, they're evil. Get away from me. Yeah. yeah. yeah and if they sank, oh, shoot, they're not a witch. Oops. I guess we just drowned them. That on its own is a completely other ordeal. It's attempted homicide. Yes, precisely. But, you know, they had circumstantial evidence, so I don't think you should be worried about that. It's fine. They did everything by the book. Can you imagine if today someone tried to kill a person? They're like, you don't understand. They didn't float. <laughs> That's the problem. I, it was not me. That the logic this. just doesn't really fly. After the water ordeal, many of the accused would be chained up in what was called the witch's hole, and Ugh. often tortured, as if this hadn't been enough already, until they confessed. Oh, boy, this is where I just get, I just steal myself because I don't like the torture stuff. And even at the Renaissance Fair, I can't go into those torture museums. It's just too much. Mm -hmm. So some of the torture methods included the rack, which is you pull the body apart by the limbs. Ugh. So disturbing. Red hot tongs was another one. Or putting sulfur on the breast. That was another one. Interesting. Okay. I hadn't heard that one before. After they confessed, the accused would then be coerced into turning on others because, remember, this is a group activity now in the minds yep. of these uh, these people in charge. So one trial would then lead to another and another, and the trials would be linked, and they would just have this perfect chain of people confessing and pointing fingers at someone else in town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this gave rise to what modern historians called witchcraft panics that could last months, if not years. And panics. Oh just a God. full panic. And how scary would that be if, like, we've talked about this before, but if somebody points the finger at you and you've had nothing to do with any of this, but they just think of your name while they're being tortured and it's all it takes. spit yours out and now suddenly you're on trial, too. It's, it's very scary. Mm. There were three panics or waves in Varda, but let's start at the beginning. Phase one of the witchcraft trials was between 1600 and 1619. Just a cool 19 years, you know? Great. <laughs> the first trial involved a Norwegian man, Kristen the Tailor, and a Sami man named Morten Olsen. Kristen allegedly paid Morten to cast a spell on the district governor, and both men were found guilty and burned at the stake. 
The first Finnmark panic came in 1621, sparked by that new sorcery legislation of 1617 and the placement of a new overzealous, uh, I'm thinking tough on crime, district governor. Mm -hmm. So 15 women were killed, accused of causing a storm four years earlier. Okay. Okay. So at a a time ago that had no evidence left, it was all literally washed away. Just anecdotal. Exactly. And this storm had sunk 10 boats and killed 40 men. And I guess four years later, they're still looking for a scapegoat, you know? And so they blame these 15 women who were killed. The women allegedly attended Satan's Sabbath as animals on the night of the storm. What? Okay. I just, okay. That makes zero sense but um the thing that's the worst about that is that you know somebody had to be significantly tortured to have confessed something this outlandish yeah that's the thing a lot of them become so outlandish because you're you know they're just getting pressured into saying whatever comes to their mind yeah it's disturbing The second panic happened between 1652 and 1657 after multiple storms sank many ships. I mean, uh, we've talked about this with weather witches, but the the stress of bad weather and thinking, wow, I might be blamed for this is just yeah. unfathomable to me. I mean, think about like if there's like a cloud rolling in and you're <laughs> yeah. like, do I die tomorrow because yeah. of this? Am I going to jail because the storm's going to ruin my neighbor's crops? Yeah, maybe. Oh, God. Dozens of women were tortured so badly they confessed because the prospect of death actually started to appeal to them. Oh, Which, God. you know, That's... you want the torture to stop. Mm-hmm. It's human nature. Yeah. For example, a woman named Kristen Olsdotter confessed to casting spells on two boats because she was angry with the men on board. Whoa. And I think this is the best example of what you were saying of, like, how outlandish these can be. Okay. She confessed that she had shape-shifted into a large seal, then dove under the boats and flipped them over. I'm like, so you had, they said, well, how did you do it? And she's like, I didn't do it, but if I had to have done it, I guess I'll come up with some animal that I can sink a boat with. Well, also, like, part of me obviously, like, wants to at first laugh because of how, like, ridiculous that story is. But then you remember, like... First of all, that story came out of being under duress. And then, sure, like the reason I want to laugh is because it's so unbelievable. And yet that was like more believable to the men than her just not being a witch. Than a storm knocking a boat over. Yeah. At some point, there almost has to be like a study on like the men themselves and this like group think or this mob mentality of like, oh, her becoming a seal that's more logical than her just having no responsibility for this. Exactly. It's bananas. No, it is. And it's like, there's no way out. Well, I feel like in a lot of these scenarios, it's so hopeless that it makes sense to me that they would confess because what? They're just going to keep being put through this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an abusive relationship with the whole town. Yeah. There's no way out. And so it's very, very scary She confessed, quote unquote, confessed under extreme duress, and she claimed that she had learned this shape-shifting witchcraft from another woman. Mm -hmm. The third and final panic centered around an alleged curse on Finnmark's regional governor. This dude repeatedly accused witches of trying to cast a deadly spell on him, but he, he was like, I have been so fortunate because I'm so close to God that none of these deadly spells have worked on me. Barf. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Barf. Breaking news. A man considers himself above all others. Also, like, (laughs) sidebar, he claims to be 
powerful enough to be unharmed by magic, but other people are being tried for witchcraft. Yeah. So he, on the one hand, he is important enough, a high enough and powerful enough figure to be targeted by witches. But oh, right. uh-huh. he's so special that these <laughs> targets and these these attacks just kind of flow off him. Like he is too close to the he has Holy Spirit. He's good. These witches are not going to touch him, even though they really want to. It's just right. Like, oh, right. barf indeed. Barf. <laughs> just I feel like he was like the Andrew Tate of like that time. Just like a big like <laughs> alpha like, oh, nobody could do that to me. No one would do that to me. You know what? Jesus himself whispered into my ear and said that I'm special. And so now I can't be touched by witches. You can't touch this. Mm -mm, Sorry, I know you want to, but you can't. So scholars now view this as a brutally violent case of political propaganda. Unsurprisingly, yes, I think he was probably just trying to make himself look good. Such a power trip to be like, I wasn't affected, but everybody wants me. I'm too powerful for this world, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In this final panic, even girls as young as eight years old were (gasps) accused and thankfully they were acquitted because of their age but you know you only imagine the trauma and the the fear that this probably does to a child and the parents as well well even imagine like that's because they're eight what happens when they're like 18 like are people going to come back and try to get them again or something or or like what happens to them in the meantime where people think they're saving them from witchcraft. Great point. Like, have they been marked now for the future? You know, that's a very scary thought. Are like harsher rules placed mm. upon them in childhood so that they don't turn evil even though it's been imposed on them? Or, right mean, now, do they have to like read the Bible every day and oh. put on a show of castaway Satan? You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up next, how this awful era of violence and injustice finally, thank goodness, came to an end. Thank goodness is uh, (laughs) the best way to say it. (laughs) Are you ready for heart-stopping, toe-tingling, coma-inducing levels of drama and romance? Okay, great. Well, you can find it all included with Prime Video. Check out Expat starring Nicole Kidman, The Idea of You starring Anne Hathaway, and the history-bending romanticy, My Lady Jane, which will leave you speechless forever. Or till the end of the episode. Find your happy place. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode is brought to you by Fiat. A remix just hits different. The 2024 Fiat 500e is no exception. Cruise city streets in style with an all-electric ride that's fully equipped with an available premium JBL audio system. Explore the all-new 2024 Fiat 500e at fiat.com. Fiat is a registered trademark of FCA Group Marketing SPA, used under license by FCA US LLC. Thankfully, there was a judge that was smarter than the rest and was largely responsible for finally ending these horrors. And it's always telling to me when there's one person who can kind of step in with a little bit of reasoning, empathy, logic, and really turn this whole thing upside down. And I I always think, like, why are there not more of those people to step in? Well, I wonder because, like, I think, like, oh, finally, it took one person with a brain for people to start coming around. But maybe it was just the only person 
with privilege. That Good point. Good point. You know what I mean? In power. I'm sure a lot of women were like, um, this doesn't make sense. And yeah, nobody listened to them. And they couldn't say it. Right. Exactly. Took one man. That was probably all it took. And yeah. a one man in power. But I think that's also a lesson, you know, like, yeah, there are plenty of small people on the bottom saying something or thinking something. But if they don't have the privilege or the power or the authority to do anything like, hello, step up, everybody who has that authority. Very frustrating. But he finally showed up and he said, you know, I think burning people alive based on rumors or circumstantial evidence is a little much. It's a little crazy. (laughs) It's a little silly. They've been going a little too far. And he, he actually defied public opinion and the local authorities to dismantle these laws that allowed the witch trials which honestly was probably a dangerous move for him. So I'm very thankful that he did it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's really putting himself at risk there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for that. And in 1687, a new law was introduced requiring Parliament to review judgments in witchcraft cases before they could put anyone to death. So there had to be kind of more of a process. Obviously, still not ideal, but at least a little better than just, hey, here, you have free reign to execute people, you know, at your leisure. (laughs) Yeah, at least Something got done, but also like 87 years too late. <laughs> it's it's a little too little too late situation. But you know what? At least we were headed in the right direction. And Norway's last known witch execution took place in 1695. So this was legitimately a 95 year long Oof. just trauma, I imagine, for a lot of people. It's just amazing. Just it's mind mind blowing. Yeah, it's such a long time. And Very scary. Very scary that it took that long for anybody to step up and say, hey, why don't we turn this around? You know, it's a little much. It's a little little extreme. Today, you can actually visit the location where the condemned were thrown into the sea and where they were burned to death. And I think that's really powerful that you can go to the site and ponder and think on what happened here. And uh, I don't know if everyone believes this, but I imagine the energy there is pretty wild. Yeah, very powerful. A lot of horrible things obviously happen there. So as far as Varda goes today, Norway's queen unveiled the Stelnesa Memorial in 2011 in Varda. And this is a memorial overlooking the coastline. It was designed by sculptor and artist Louise Bourgeois and architect Peter Zomthor. And it's made up of two structures. So before we recorded, I looked up photos of this. It's it's a very powerful memorial. The first structure is a 400-foot-long hallway flanked by white sailcloth suspended by steel wires, which is sort of a nod to the area's fishing industry. Mm. And you enter by walking up a gangplank. So that's a little bit uh, of a powerful <laughs> almost metaphor yeah. there. And the corridor is lined with 91 small windows. Each one is representative of a person who was killed. Wow. That was powerful stuff. Yeah. A light bulb illuminates each window and a plaque tells the victim's story. I have goosebumps. (laughs) Wow. Really uh, powerful stuff. What a way to use your art, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then that pavilion leads you to a steel and smoked glass box. In there is a chair with a burning flame in the middle. Mm. And mirrors above it reflect and distort the flames to make you feel like you are in the fire. (gasps) Again, what a way to use your art. Because, I mean, talk about a way to have a memorial in place for these people and make it that powerful. Oof, It's true. It's true. And and people who say, you know, art doesn't do anything. Well, I, I would argue that this is probably more powerful than just a chapter in a history book, you know? Yeah, definitely evoke something because I got goosebumps everywhere. Me too. Me too. 
All right, Em. Well, that is the story of the Varda witch trials. Yet another in the long binder we're creating of all of these awful times of history and hopefully in the past. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I said it earlier, but I do look forward to the day where we have no more witch trials to cover. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that it's it's such a global experience and not a single one has made any sense to me yet. So it's just wild. Yeah, it's very dark. Um, And again, you know, especially timely when we're talking about persecuting people and blaming them for things. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I think mm-hmm. uh, I think we know where we stand on that. I know also that in And That's Why We Drink, we're always trying to find a way to lighten the mood after a dark story. And I always fail to deliver. So today I'm hoping <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that maybe we can finally end on just a light, a lighter note. OK, a palate cleanser. A little bit. Um, we're still talking about witchcraft, so we're not really cleansing the palate of much, but uh, okay. we're going to try. So the concept of witchcraft means something completely different today. And I think as people who are very interested in witchcraft and know witches ourselves, I just think it's an interesting turn that we are able to have that privilege of dabbling in witchcraft or learning about witchcraft without the threat of death. Oh, such a privilege. I, I Can you imagine a, a witch from then seeing oh, what's yeah. possible today? Like a true witch, not someone a who just witch, got like, right. uh, accused of it. But I would like to think they're really happy that the world has changed so- somewhat. Mm-hmm. But also like, man, I, I feel for them not being able to practice back then. I, Absolutely. I feel like it's definitely changed, I mean, among society. But I think there's also just better rules in place. Like, you just can't kill people for a, because you have an opinion. Right, <laughs> so, right. But no, I also think it's changed a little bit, maybe in terms of, like, what witchcraft means to people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The way it was always described to me, and I'm not speaking for, for all witches, but my stepmom, who's been practicing witch for longer than I've been alive, she always described it to me as just, to her, it is truly her religion and her faith, and it comes from just wanting to be closer to nature. And so instead Mm -hmm. of praying to gods, she's praying to, you know, she's appreciating what we have here and what could be above, what could be below. And so I know, like, all of her spells are very nature-based, and so it's Mm -hmm. kind of just, uh, it's a lot less, quote, scary of a concept than what I think a lot of um, uninformed people think it is all of her spells are made of like water and sticks and leaves and it's like very much like not that much of a spooky thing but on top of it i think that this in the world we're in today where people are really into true crime and all the creepy stuff the version that my stepmom has always followed where it's like more about nature and and appreciating what's on the planet but there's also this other category now of people who are really like leaning into the whatever you would define as spookier or creepier Mm -hmm. and just learning more about what it could all mean and and appreciation for that. So I feel like there's like an interesting marriage happening between those two worlds. Totally, totally. I feel like it's much more acceptable nowadays to express an interest in kind of the darker sides of uh, humanity. And I think those definitely go hand in hand. Yeah, that's kind of my understanding of modern witchcraft, too. And I know people practice in different ways. And I mean, we had already talked about that recently in an episode where we talked about how, you know, I mentioned the eye of newt is not really Mm -hmm. an eye of newt. It's a mustard seed. And how a lot of times there's this understanding that like, oh, witches are like cutting up animals and putting and that's just not the case. I feel like parts of it are are actually much more simple than people are trying to Mm -hmm. scare people with. But I do appreciate that in today's world. And maybe it just comes from, I know a lot of people in the witch community 
are also strong feminists. And so I wonder if like the spookier mm-hmm. elements we're all interested in stems from, you know, people being outspoken feminists. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. we couldn't do this then. So now let's really embrace what they couldn't pay attention Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Or the true crime stuff. And people are into darker, spookier elements of spirituality. And so that just kind of falls back into it. I think there's just a lot of, because the world has changed, people have changed and other things are just more welcome now. So Totally, totally agree. Like, for example, witchcraft in general is no longer viewed with that same suspicion or hostility. And I also think part of it becoming more mainstream is there's not this understanding that, oh, people are communing with the devil every time they do witchcraft. And I think, you know, when that kind of died down, when the satanic panic of the 80s kind of died down, Mm. the hostility toward witchcraft lessened a bit. It's become much more mainstream. And, you know, there's more focus now on magic and healing. We're not just running around killing people over practicing this without (laughs) any sort of evidence or proof or what have you. And I think you and I probably both agree that witchcraft is something powerful and fascinating. And uh, the rituals behind it, especially the nature-based ones, I find find really, uh, I don't know, comforting and, and powerful. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Thank you for teaching me all about this. I'm I'm sorry it's such a dark matter again, but I appreciate getting to learn a lot more. I feel like it's probably for the best that we sit down and and deal with the the sad histories to at least recognize them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? These stories deserve to be told, so I'm uh, I'm honored to have told you about it today. Um, thank you for bearing with me. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Information on today's episode came from Witches of the High North by Liv Helen Williamson, The Judge Who Stopped the Witch Trials by Hans Petter Graver, A Timely Remembrance for Witch Hunts of the Past by Karen Gardner, The Finnmark, Norway Witchcraft Trials, Discerning Patterns from the Archives by Gwendolyn Hostetter, The 17th Century Varda Witch Trials by David Nickel, The New York Times, and the work of Liv Helen Williamson. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can find me at BM Schultz. And you can find me at Xteen Schieffer. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Research by Sapphire Williams. Fact-checking by Haley Milliken. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Christine Schiefer and M. Schultz. Mm-hmm.